Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Real GM Radio. I'm Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to have you with us for this episode. This is the continuation of the Over Under podcast with Arturo Galetti, this one, of course, focusing on the Western Conference. For those of you who haven't listened to the East, that one is already out. That also includes all of our methodology, so this is focused more on the teams and the division conference title, Rookie of the Year, MVP odds themselves because and if you want that information it is all available it's in the pod that's already been released i will note that arturo and i recorded these basically back to back so it's roughly a week old but honestly in the western conference very little has changed so i don't think that there's going to be some major things outdated if there are when you listen to it then i apologize but that's just the way these things work it takes some time to edit and i like to give each pod some time to breathe this episode is brought to you by bet online use the cl NS50 promo code to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Episode runs about an hour 45. Lots of great stuff in here. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure to be on. Uh, we are about to get to the Western Conference, or as yeah. I log, at least the bottom, who are tanking for victory right now. <laughs> tanking for victory. They are. And for those who want to know the methodology or kind of some of the history between the over-unders that Arturo and I have done for years, that is in front of the Eastern Conference podcast, which is already available, so you can listen to it there. We're not going to rehash all of that. If you're interested in that, you can get it there. But we'll talk about each team, and then the terminology that we'll use is we'll pick an over-under, but we'll also do a bet or or fade. So what that means is basically how confident are we in that over-under. That's the way that you use it to calibrate. And for relevant teams, we will discuss division, conference championship, title, odds, and uh, rookie of the year and MVP if they are pertinent for that team. And unfortunately, those will not be pertinent for our first team. The Oklahoma City Thunder, the Thunder last year. Very sad about that. Very sad about that. The Thunder won 24 games last year. They had the cleaning the glass differential of a 20-win team. And unfortunately, they got Chet Holmgren with the second pick of the draft, but he is not going to play this year due to injury. And Vegas set their over-under at 23.5. Yeah, the model basically, so it's uh, 23.5 historically. They're about even. Um, They're also projected by the model to win 22 games. And this is if they're trying very, very hard, uh, which, um, is this the worst roster in the league? That's an interesting question. My instinct is yes. I, I like Shea Gildas Alexander quite a bit, but they have a lot of they have a lot of flawed players. And like what I would say is probably at the moment, the thing that the Thunder do have going for them is they have a lot of guys that 
could take real steps forward. I mean, you could talk about like guys like, I Trey, like Josh Giddy. Yeah, Josh, Trey Mann and Poku. Like they have players in almost every position that could take steps forward, but that aren't definite. You know, like that that sort of a situation. So knowing what we know right now, like I don't think I don't think this is the last year's Cavs in waiting, where it's just like, oh, Darius no. Garland has this huge step forward, and Mobley was a rookie, there's no, but there's no there's no defensive stalwarts on this. Exactly, team. and even and, Shay Shay's already kind of like. Uh, yeah. Well, might not play as much. Right. Yeah. And, that, and I will give so a couple reasons to give some pause here. So on because, I mean, the under seems seems like the logical one, especially you already talked about the model, yeah, like, the model think, being low there. I think we mentioned the uh, thank you for victory. What I mean is like, you know, everybody, a lot of these teams are going to be like trying to get uh, more favorable ping pong balls to get one of uh, possibly uh, Victor in the next draft. And then there's some other nice prospects. So, yeah, yeah I think definitely this is in the plans for okay. See, we don't think they could trade shake could they i think they could but i think they would need a clear reason my instinct is that that would actually be more likely to happen in the 23 offseason if let's say the player who be, who was available to them was somebody like scoot henderson and they just went oh well we can't play all of these guys together and so do something with gilgis alexander if yeah, somebody timeline timeline wise shay is making less and less sense for them Yes and no. Like he's still young enough that I, I I think he works fine. And like I mean, you don't if if he's a good player, then you don't worry as much about the timeline stuff. He's still pre peak and all that type of stuff. But the the reason why I would be a little bit cautious about the under here, and I'm not you know I'm 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 gonna pick the under, is I think Mark Dagnall is a very good coach. And last year, despite having pretty weak defensive talent, according to my estimation, they finished nineteenth. And that 19th that they finished in defense was not unusual, like, three-point shooting luck for opponents where, oh, they were getting all these open threes and they were missing it or anything like that. Like, they defended better than I expected relative to their talent level. I think the Thunder have been relatively prepared. The problem is they have all these other things pulling against them. One of them is the talent level, which you brought up before. And then another one is the structural element, which is they clearly unless they're way better than we expect, they're going to want to maximize their ping pong balls, and that leads them to going to going below this 23.5 number. Yeah, basically, it's right on the line. I think they're a worse team than they were last year, depending on how much Shea plays. And, you know, could you see this team winning 30 games? It would take big steps forward from Shea and Giddy. Like, yeah, I, I could see them winning 30, but I wouldn't expect it. It would be like a top, it would be a top percentile outcome for them. What's a? Uh, I mean, do I want to go play with this? It, I, I mean, what's giving me pause on that? I mean, brought up the diagonal thing before is like twenty three and a half is a really low number. Like typically, like what, get familiar with that twenty three and a half because we're going to be seeing a lot of it. Right, and so as a point of reference, last year, which you know, not saying that every year has this sort of dis- distribution. Last year, three teams won twenty three or fewer: the Pistons, the Magic, and the Rockets. And then we had two shortened seasons. If you go back to 1819, there were four teams, the Bulls, the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Suns that won 23 or fewer. So the question in some ways is, do you think the Thunder are a bottom three to four team in the league? I think the Thunder are a bottom three team, clearly. It's between them, the Magic, and probably the... uh, You know what? it's between them the magic and the the rockets and i actually think the rockets have better players that are going to play like the best player 
on a bad team might be Shea, like of the really, really bad teams. But they're already talking about like he's not going to play that much. And then like if you look at the whole roster, then yeah, a well, lot of rookies on this team too. Well, and, I mean, and I yeah, think- and that's something we talked about towards the at one point in the East podcast. It's, it's a point that I've fixated on over the last couple of years, which is if you want to play bad players and justify it by developing them, can you do it? And with the Thunder, the answer is an overwhelming yes. Like they have a lot of flawed guys that if they want to lose games if they want to give those guys like the worst Jalen Williams or like some of these some of these younger raw guys that they have like if they want to lose games oh baby can they lose games yeah and the other thing is um you know uh, <laughs> yeah just looking at this team and going like yeah I mean I think they definitely get, like the other part is like there's so many good teams at the top of the league this year like there's legitimately you could have three or four six teams in this in, in the league at the other end and that's partly because they're going to just beat on these tomato cans and i think the thunder uh, i think that you know what i'm, I'm under play i'm under bet i'm gonna bet this because i mean it just i think there's if you start thinking through it yeah i mean i could definitely see the, the 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 thunder going like 20 and 62 or even worse right because it's just they, they don't have a lot i mean it, they really are playing guys and again as I, said, I like giddy uh, I like Shay, but other than that, there's not a lot of talent there. Uh, and there's going to be teams at the top of the league. They're going to be trying on it hard every night. Uh, the Northwest is actually improved uh, from last season significantly, I think. I would say. I mean, well, it, 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 it's a split. I mean, that's, that's probably not true. The, the Blazers are better. Yeah, um, the, the, the Jazz the are distinctly not better. better. We'll yeah, get to that. We'll get to them in a yeah. few minutes. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I'm definitely an under bet on the. Thunder. Uh, I'm, I'm an underbed as well. I think there is a path for them. But here's the other thing. We can be pretty confident like that it's going to take 22 or fewer, like, and they need 23 or fewer to go under, to really have the best lottery odds. And something else that the Thunder organizationally appreciate because of them getting burned in, in 2021 is... You want to maximize your odds because if you don't, you might just get hurt. And so, like, I think they're going to want to be in that mix. And then I think they could take a big step forward in 23 if they want to, you know, like through the 23-24 season, use some of the, depending on how all these things go. And the other unfortunate thing is that even though the Thunder are going to be one of the league's worst teams, they don't have a great Rookie of the Year candidate because Chet Holmgren is missing the year, which also means they might have two next year. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's, it's do they are, are can you play Chet and Hold and uh, Victor together? Yes, absolutely you can. Okay. Yeah. So, so I mean that could be fun. And then Poku? Well, that that becomes difficult. And Giddy, that that yeah, that's yeah. That's an interesting. I, I don't know what I don't know what Presti's doing now. They're like that. I, I, think, very, I, like, I think they're I think they're accumulating talent, point, and they'll figure out the rest later. At some point, they need to start like kind of like you know uh, going going by the between the Presti and the uh, and the and the um, the Danny Age model of like building these teams, accumulating assets. I like. The, I kind of think that the, the 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 Danny Age model was, and we'll talk about it a little later, was better in the sense that like he accumulated a lot of guys, like he he, he accumulated a lot of switchy. Guys. And accumulating all the switchy guys, as much as I complain about it at the time, actually turned out to be right because having a lot of switchy guys means that you can build a team that can actually like switch and do things, and you yeah. get what you get. Right? I, I'm such a I'm such a believer in wing size players. I think that it's it's a great woodwork, and I actually like Jalen 
Williams, the Santa, Santa Clara Williams quite a bit. I think yeah. he could end up working well with that, but he's not a rookie of the year candidate. I don't know that he's going to play enough. Yeah, we don't. Um, I got Jalen. Uh, Pelton had him at 1,900 minutes, and I had him at uh, 1,500. So I don't think that's yeah. quite enough. And, and, and he's not And he's not going to have the ball in his hands enough. Like the, the Giddy and Shea, like they're, they're going to— They're more interesting. They're more interesting guys. Yeah, exactly. So— we can jump to the Houston Rockets. Let's go to the next one. Same yes. situation. So, neutral. Yeah. Same line, 23 and a half. And the uh, model actually thinks they're worse. They, they've got them projected at 19 uh, wins. Uh, it also, I believe, they, yeah, the Rockets are the worst projected team by the model. They're own, uh, in no scenario are, are, are the Rockets beating the uh, over-under. So the, 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 model is very, the model is very strong under bet on the Houston Rockets. I'm I'm a little bit less enthusiastic about that. Um, it is I it like I mean the argument in favor of it is like yeah their the roster is pretty limited. Like the Thunder, they have a lot of guys that could take steps forward. I think Jalen Green does. I think Kevin Porter could, and then like Shane Goon. This is a the one to two no. year jump and everything else, but. The big problem for me with the Rockets, and like I've, I, I actually picked their over with Nate, and I'm going to pick their under here, is like watching them a little bit and thinking about it is actually their defense. And so with the Rockets last year, they had the league's worst defense, and Christian Wood was a part of that, but also Christian Wood was not the entirety of it, and they're going to be relying almost exclusively on young dudes this year. I mean, even more aggressively once they traded David Nwaba for favors, who might help a little bit. And the other thing you brought up that you brought up that projection for the Rockets. So like their defense is going to be bad. I don't think their offense is going to be great unless Jalen Green takes that huge step forward offensively. They don't really have that lead creator guy. And the other thing to consider with them is like I like Eric Gordon quite a bit. I think I've really wanted him on a good team for the last couple of years, and instead he's on the Rockets. But if I'm going to guess which way Houston's going to go in season, unless they're like playing like a 35 win team, they're going to trade guys away rather than rather yeah, than add it's talent. Good that you, it's good that you bring up Eric Gordon because uh, Kevin Pelton uh, like rationally has him playing a thousand seven hundred. No, is it yeah, thousand seven hundred minutes? I went by the fantasy sites and they have him a thousand at a thousand and probably getting shipped out because like if you read the notes on the beats and whatever he's thinking is yeah they're going to move away. That even though they would prop, they would be better with Eric Gordon getting more minutes, but they don't want that. Right? right? That's not what they, that's that that that's not their goal. Their goal is to get their guys. There's a bunch of young guys on this team that have potential. They think the physical ability, and they want to play those guys. They want to like throw them out there and get them reps. Like get Usman and get like you know uh, Eason and Singoon and Jabari Smith. Like they want to get these guys reps, and they're not going to be a very good team. And I think their team that definitely wants Victor. I mean, I think they're. They're like they're it's it, Victor's kind of yeah. like well and, like, and like the kind of guy that they like is Victor big center in Houston well and That's what and one thing that also is different about the Rockets and the Thunder I don't know how much this is going to affect Rafael Stone's thinking is both Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson great fits for what they need like they need yes. that lead creator they need that center so for them like. Getting the number one or the number two very valuable to them. So you could you could do that. And Houston, I'm it's it's far enough in the future that I don't think it's factoring in too much for them. But you always like it eventually when a team has resources from other franchises to kind of 
to 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 kind of offset it and so they're they're going to start getting picks from the Nets likely in 24 because they have a swap right this year but the odds that the Rockets are uh, Yeah, the Houston is more favorable they have the more favorable the Houston or Brooklyn pick. Right, which is which is which Philly. is going to be the which is going to be the Houston pick. Uh, they um, have the more favorable of the Philly and less favorable of the Brooklyn and Houston. They have yeah, they have some some other yeah, stuff. But but really like, but really that juicy stuff that might affect their thinking is more that's more big picture in 24 or 25 when the Nets might be worse. Well, to see where things are with I that. I said that I that the the Thunder roster doesn't make that much sense to me. The Rockets roster, I mean, it makes sense down the line, but the pieces kind of fit better. Definitely an under. Um, question is going to be whether I'm a better or not with this team. Um, I'm going to go yes. I mean, it's the lowest projection we have for the model. Uh, there's reasons for them to lose, and I think they're just going to kind of like get guys on there and kind of like uh, not not worry too much about winning or losing. Because I think I'm going to be bad. I'm going to fade. I'm going to fade. So it's an under fade for me. I, I, you know, I picked their over when I did it with Nate. I think that there's some talent here. I think they could put it together. But I also, you know, and this is a really low number. But I also think that they um, are, you know, they're probably a couple of years away from really pushing it. So like, it's I, I'm I'm probably going to feel dumb about fading this, just like I'm now feeling dumb about picking their over originally. But that's that's the way things work out. Uh, in terms of rookie of the year, because obviously you're not picking their division or anything, that would be Jabari Smith Jr. That is seven to one. Mm. He he has looked more productive. Like I was very disappointed as somebody who was high on Smith in summer league. I I think there's a possibility, but I also think seven to one is too strong for me, yeah. even as somebody who liked him to to pick it. Do you like? I mean, you you had him at seven to one, but you also like you like Mathurin in the uh, in the other one. Would you like Mathurin at twelve to one better than him? Yes. I like I like I like Mathurin at twelve to if, if Jabari was twelve if Jabari was twelve to one I would probably be more interested but he's at almost yeah. half that so like Agreed. and he's you know he's he's not gonna have the ball in his hands a ton they have Jalen Green they have KPJ they have Ty Ty who I actually like a lot too um, but it's gonna take them some time so and of course we're not looking at division odds or any of that fun stuff for them so we can move on to another Southwest Division team. The San Antonio, San Antonio Spurs, who yes. are historically uh, eighty percent on the over, they're typically underrated by the Vegas line by three and a half, three and a half wins. Uh, the model has them. Let's see, San Antonio uh, winning anywhere from thirty-five to twenty-six games. It actually has them on the over in a bet. Um, the, but the model's assuming that like things are on the up and up. Um, <sighs> You know they they have some decent players. You know I, I like Porto. I like ba- uh, Vassal. I like Kelton Johnson. These these are good guys. I just you know I don't know what the I mean. I logistically they're gonna want to get into the sweepstakes. So I think I'm prop. I'm trying to think whether I'm over. Like so the under is twenty four and a half and the over is twenty two and a half. What are your thoughts? I so you talked about the structural stuff and and that's worth worth emphasizing that San Antonio you know like especially if it's it's the Ricky Bobby if you're not first you're last idea where they're probably not a playoff team and so if you're not a playoff team or a play in team then you'd rather be there but the problem as you were getting into is that I think the Spurs talent is too good 
Like, Pirtle can be a good defensive foundation. Keldon Johnson I really like, Devin Vassell. So my thought on where the Spurs are going to be, at least like, so I'm thinking more this is how you evaluate it midseason, is that they will be a totally credible defense. They were 16th last year. I think maybe they'll be around that, maybe a little bit worse. And then I think their offense is going to be awful. I think they're, you know, they're losing DeJounte Murray, and they're going to be trying out a bunch of different young dudes, whether we're talking Josh Primo or Trey Jones, and some maybe they'll give some to Blake Wesley, the one of the rookies that they drafted. So I think their offense is going to be awful. But a you know like even if it's the twentieth best defense and the twenty eighth best offense, like that's that's not a truly awful team. Usually, that's more that's more in the realm of unless they're like historically bad offensively. That's more in the realm of like you know like a twenty five win team. And so. I'm going to go over but fade it just because betting betting the over for a team that I don't think is going to be good is always a really dicey thing, though I did do this with the Pacers in the East. So I, I agree with you. I'm going to go over fade on this. And yeah. It's just for the exact same reasons. Like, even though, I, I mean, like, again, this is going to be a team that, like, I think they're going to get into the sweep take, but they're not. It's, it's Bob. They're not going to tank that hard. So, right, and they're, they're well coached, and, and also like they have defensive talent. Like I, I think that yeah. the and there's a parallel to me between San Antonio and Detroit, who we talked about in the first podcast here, yeah. which is that flattening the lottery odds might make them more open to being like the fifth worst record. So they're not, you know, they're not going after OKC in Houston for the absolute bottom, but they're not going to be great, and they're okay with that. And then so the the marginal difference between trying to like lose every game and trying to be, you know, trying to win 23 or 22 games versus 26 might not make as much of a difference for them. So yeah. If if I gave you even money on the San Antonio Spurs having the best record out of the Pacers, the Magic, the Pistons, the Thunder, and the Rockets, and then would you take it? It would give me a little bit of pause with the Pacers just because they're a team that right now like could be better. But yeah, I think I would take that. I think that I think they're. Yeah. The, I think we they're. Had, we had over. We had over bet on the Pacers. I, I think. Yeah. I think. The, I think the problem is the Pacers number is probably lower. Yeah. Yes. But no, twenty three and a half. But but also like the pa- the Pacers, Pacers are playing in a tougher conference. <laughs> Well, and the Pacers are, I think, they're a better team on talent right now. I mean, they have the Pacers. Yeah, the Pacers have a, a player in Halliburton who gives them an offensive identity and a player in Turner who gives them a defensive identity. Now, one of those two players could be gone real fast. But I'd rather have the Pacers roster, I think. I think so, too. Um, and San Antonio, they don't, I mean, unless they're really given the keys to somebody like Blake Wesley, like Jeremy Sohan, interesting player. We haven't gotten to really see him yet because he missed summer league due to COVID. Defensive guys don't win rookie of the year. Uh, n- none of these guys are projecting for enough minutes. Right. That's a bit. That's a big problem, yeah, too. Yeah, and they're, they're not, we're not, we're not thinking any of these guys are getting enough minutes like a VSC. Right serious contender for like rookie of the year so I, I don't think it's worth any and we don't like any of the division odds or anything no. else no 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 so um, we, so we can move on to the the newcomers to this bottom pack and that's the utah jazz we don't danny, need to... danny with the utah jazz yeah we... uh typically the jazz are also a team that outperforms their line uh <laughs> but that's also half. that's also in years that they're trying to be good <laughs> There's years in try to be good. Like, like I remember, like when when Danny first like got that DM slot, I was like, yeah, Donald Mitchell and like Rudy Gobert should be renting, not buying. 
Um, and it was true. And, and and I get exactly what he's doing. He's basically trying to reset the roster. And it, I think it was time. It's like it's, it's the, the vibes on that team were kind of cursed, and it just didn't kind of work. So moving this way is probably the right yeah. way to do it. And and, um, and so we, so we have the line out there. It's twenty four and a half, and and twenty four and a half for the over. So they they actually do have the lowest over for. I thought I thought it was twenty four and a half both ways. No, it's twenty two and a half. No, actually, yeah, no, twenty two and a half was the Spurs. Yes, so which, which is why we were. No, so you're right. Twenty four and a half for the Jazz. Yes. So it's just, guys, if you were looking at the stable, it's all the same. It's all twenty three. It's it's basically, it basically is. And so like twenty four and a half for them. Uh, the but, model has them. Let's see. The Jazz are. It has them anywhere from thirty six to thirty four. So the the the, the the model's pretty aggressive on liking the Jazz to be better than their over-under. Right, and and there's a reason for that. I mean, if you look at the Jazz as presently constructed, you know, like compare their overall talent level to their brethren in this area of win projections. It's, you know, like they have Conley and Sexton and Malik Beasley and Lowry Markkinen and Jared Vanderbilt. Like, and Salt the, Lake City. Yes, the, and, and one of the two consistent home court advantages. Like, if this team, their goal was win as many games as possible for the 2022-23 season, they, they would get, blow they through get, this. They might, they might get to 40 wins. If they they might get to 40 wins. So um, so the question... This, this, the thing is, this over-under is so low. For, like, 25, 24 and a half for them is low. It, it I is. I don't think they're great, but it's a low... I don't, so, this, I don't think this is a team that, like, particularly since they have a new coach, I don't think this is going to be a team that, like, Danny, Danny doesn't work like that. I'm, I'm looking uh-huh. for the way... Danny, the way he did it, with when he had Brad Stevens, he had like the one season where like everybody got hurt and he tanked to get some like assets to do that. But he already went out and got all the assets he needed. He's got big from everybody, and so now it's more like he's gonna let his coach kind of do his thing. He doesn't need to compete, but I think he's perfectly. He doesn't need this team to be bad. He just needs to be them and figure out what he has. So I'm definitely on the over on this. Team. Uh, like, I'm, people are assuming they're gonna tank, but like it, like this is not. Danny's modus operandi is not tanking. He's the, that team is going to play to their best of their ability, and what they're actually kind of probably looking for is if they can they can rehab a guy like uh, Markkanen or rehab a guy like Sexton and move him for more assets. That is Danny's way. Like if they can get the team hot, get like people get oh we they like Sexton or they like Jordan Clarkson, and you can trade him for like more picks, then Danny will do that. I think he will, and they're they're also trying to reheat Taylor Horton Tucker. Like that's a pretty yes. o- that's a pretty obvious one. Like that's what they're going to try to do there. My so so I agree with you like on the on the concept there, but I disagree with you. And I you know Danny Ainge very well, of course, with your connections with the Celtics. But I think that this year is a little bit different because a they've been good for so long that they have a little bit of latitude. And B, like, this class is highly regarded. And so I think they're going to be aggressive about it. And not at the beginning of the year. Like, I think they're going to give this team a real shot for a month or two, and they'll be a little bit better. But then it's to reheat these guys. And they might even do it, which I think would be brilliant if he, if Danny Ainge can pull it off, to do it in sequence. So, like, heat up a guy like Conley or Sexton or Markinen or Taylor Horton Tucker and then try to trade them then and then get somebody else the ball a lot and then try to trade them. And But what I think is this the the Jazz, two things. They'll be significantly worse mid-season and end of the season than they are right now. Like, I think it's hard, kind of hard to argue against that. And two, and like, honestly, what they'll probably do, if like Mike Conley's still on the team in February, then Mike Conley will not play after February. And he'll be on the Al Horford plan with OKC a couple of years ago. And then the other thing with the Jazz is that even though they like traded 
Bogdanovich for Kelly Olynyk and all these other things is if they want to be bad, if they like, if they want to throw it to some rougher players, like they can do that. They can, as much as I was a believer in them years ago, they can Nikhil Alexander Walker and Leandro Balmoro and Udoka Zabuki and like they can, they can even try some like weird too big stuff. Like if they want to lose games, this team can lose games. So I'm going to be an under fade, but I feel, I feel weird about it because I agree with you. The roster is so much better than 24 and a half right now. I'm looking at it really, really. Yeah. If they move con, like, so you're saying like they move Conley and they, so they move more pieces and they just let it die on the vine. At yes. The that's the idea. So like they trade. So my thought would be like at some point they trade two of Conley, Beasley and Clarkson and yeah. then. And then they prob and then they shut down I'm Vanderbilt. Join you. They I'm shut down. I'm going to join the- you on it. Under fade. I'm going to join yeah. you on it. I, 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 I believe. Like, I believe in Danny. And here's the other thing. Like you brought up the the. This is the me- but you're right. This is the this is the messy messy season. Like right. Like that and, part, like that where they basically uh, that season where he like came in like they sat Rondo and just kind of like. Well, and he it, actually did it, it the- twice. He did it before the Kevin Garnett trade, and he did it like the season after he did the Brooklyn trade, where he just well, like and and remember and remember the whatever. parallel. I wish I remember which writer to give the credit to there like they signed will hardy to a long contract just like they signed brad stevens to a long contract and the idea might have been hey we're gonna suck at the very beginning of this but we'll get you there and so we'll give you a longer contract because we believe in you yeah i think that's that's fair i mean that's fair um looking at this and i think that i'm probably going to make uh i'm gonna make a cleveland change i'm gonna go under fade on cleveland instead of Ooh, okay and again it's, it's like i'm just around that number but i like right now i just noticed i have too many overs so like mm-hmm. I need to go. I need to get a little more balanced. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, and, and the Jazz, they this isn't the year for them to have rookie of the year candidates. I'm sure they're hoping no, that that's no, next no, year. No, 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 no. As if, I, if, if they had one, they probably move. <laughs> if somebody got like if, if if it's got it's got hot like like if you're a Jazz like don't like like don't rent don't buy rent yeah. rent. I don't think anybody on this team is, is there anybody on this team that you think is going to be on the Jazz in like three years. So I think there will be guys that are. I just don't know who they are yet. You know, like none the, of the, you know, none of you know, guys are Danny guys. you like, know, like Danny likes. I, God. I have, I have one, Jared Vanderbilt. I think yeah, he's. I, like, I he think he's going to like Jared general. Vanderbilt a lot. Okay, he likes. Yeah, he traded for Jared Jared Vanderbilt, and I like Jared Vanderbilt. And Jared Vanderbilt is very much a Danny player. He yeah, is, I I, and, I and, and he's and very, Vanderbilt's very young enough. Like they can keep him on a minutes management plan and all that. Like that he can be, he can help out the team a little bit, but not like move maybe the needle Horton, too maybe much. Maybe Horton Tucker too. Maybe Horton Tucker. Maybe like that's the type of project Ainge likes. So we'll we'll see there. Um, and let's let's go to the Sacramento Kings. The Kings the last Sacramento year. Sacramento Kings, yeah. The Kings won thirty games. They of course made the impactful Halberton for Sabonis trade midseason, but they did have the differential of a twenty six and a half win team, so they underperformed that. But Vegas still optimistic on it. Thirty either thirty three and a half if you want to go over, or thirty four and a half if you want to go under. And typically, this team goes under. They yes, they under, do. Go under seventy percent of the time. Did they change coaches or are still uh, yes. rocking the? Um, yeah, Mike. They so they fired Luke Walton in season, and then they had Gentry there, and now it's Mike Brown. Ooh, Mike Brown. Jeez. Good, good defensive rep. We'll see what he can do offensively. And like, yeah, I, Mike. So, Mike actually like did better in those later rotation. Like to, to give credit, he wasn't great in that. Like for even though he went to the finals, but there there were some flaws. And I think he's a guy who like give credit where credit is. He's actually gotten better in his his other stops. So he's fine. Yeah. 
And and I mean that's something that's something to remember with coaches. I mean Monty Williams is another obvious example. It's like coaches get better too, just like players. And do, also man. and also staff matter. Some of these guys like learn to hire good staff to right. like right. like like shore up their weaknesses. Yeah. Um, the Kings. So the model basically. Let's see where we are. Where are we on the Kings? So we have them uh, anywhere from thirty six and a half to thirty one and a half. Well, over uh, is thirty five three and a half and thirty four and a half. The model is on under and fade on the Kings. And boy, I mean. This is a well-set line, in my opinion. It is, uh, and, and that's why I'm a fade more than an over or an under here. And they're, in the, they're the worst team in the toughest division in the NBA, and so, yeah, I'm under... And I have to think about whether or not I want to play this or not. But, but. so here, I'll give you I'll give you part of the argument for why you might not want to play it. So, and this is weird, because I am picking the Kings under, is the offense could be interesting. Like, I mean, so right now, um, it was just announced... Um, on on Friday, so this will be a little bit before this airs, that Kevin Herter is going to start at the two. So that means they're starting Sabonis Fox and Herter. I'm presuming it's going to be Keegan Murray, who we'll get to in a second, and Harrison Barnes. So like that's a lot of offensive talent. Like They can get there. I think their defense is going to be bad. Is it going to be atrocious? We'll, well have they're to gonna see. Be, they're going to be a fun league pass team. I, real, I just, real fun league pass I team. Still, but, but, I, have, I don't understand why they traded like Tyrese Halliburton. It's, it's, it was a mistake. But but here's the, here's the other thing. Sacramento, because of Vivek, if they can be in the mix for a play-in spot, if there can be, if they can be in that conversation, then you know they're going to do it. And here's the here's the funniest part about this. I've been talking with my friends about this. Or I've been talking with my media friends for the last few weeks about this. So we have four teams that we have below them. We have four teams that, as we've just talked about, that have a 23 or 24 over under. And you and I pick the under on like half of them. So we all think that we think all four of those teams are going to be bad, some version of bad. So that means the Kings, in all likelihood, even if they're like a 27-win team on talent, they're probably still the 11th 11th seed in the West. You know what the 11th seed in the West is? One injury-ridden team off the play-in. And Vivek, if they're even yeah, if, sniffing, if if if, if 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 Anthony Davis gets a hangnail, then that's right. Or be- or if they're if if the Kings are even sniffing the play-in, even if it makes a minimal amount of sense for them. Then they're going to go for it, and they'll. If they'll Anthony, yeah, if Anthony, if, if Anthony Davis and LeBron James have like a thirty yeah, percent outcome, or right? or D- Damian Lillard, I don't want this to happen if he has a, a re-injury there, or like there. Any- okay, but does does thirty four? Like here's the thing: the, the over and the under might win. Does thirty four Sacramento's Kings win thirty four games and make the play? It's possible. That yep. That's, that's entirely possible. Entirely possible. I mean, because I mean, you could have a team win, you know, like have a rough year and win 30. 33, 33 might make it. Thirty three might yeah. make it, depending on like like if the Lakers yeah. really crash. And I keep saying the Lakers, but there's the team. They're they're the fragile team. Uh, well, I mean, like the Blazers are a little bit fragile too. But like, there's a couple of teams in front of them that are fragile. Uh, sure. So yeah. yeah. So but but uh, so, so so that I means agree, I, I'm going to agree with you. Fade. I mean, no, I, I'm not going to. I feel strong. I like the under, but I also like the fade for this team. I don't. Yes. I don't feel like I want to have any action on the second yeah. And if I did, it would be on the under. Yeah. The only thing that I would be more interested in action for them is potentially Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray's rookie of the year odds being four and a half to one. I don't love that. I wish it was more like eight to one because if it was there, Sacramento they never they never feature these guys properly. Even when they they had Halliburton, who was like who should have been a dark. I mean, I mean Tyreek Evans did win it there, but that was a long time ago. And the other big problem with Keegan is the ball in the hands problem. So they have Sabonis, they have they have De'Aaron Fox, they have. Um, 
Herter and Davion Mitchell's presumably coming off the bench now. That's a lot of guys who are going to have it. And so for Keegan is Murray, Sacramento, like, is Sacramento a seller? They should be a seller, but they're a buyer. <laughs> like that's just that's just the way that if they're anywhere close. But so with, they, but with they, Keegan, they should they, again. This is another team where their roster doesn't really make any any sense. If like in in a reasonable world, they would have kept Halliburton, moved Fox. Well, um, and, and in a reasonable world, they would have traded Harrison Barnes two years ago because yes. I mean, like, he'd help Harrison out. Bar- Harrison Barnes makes way more sense as like the seventh guy on on or, on, or, on the Nets. Honestly, makes, like makes honestly, like he's the fifth Nets. guy, I, a fourth guy. I think Harrison Barnes is still a really good player. It's just that he's what not. The, what about the Cavs? And he'd get like a lot of run. Yeah. Like I don't. Okay, so let's go to the next team, the Portland Trailblazers, who uh, won 27 games last year. But good lord, that season was a mess last year. Uh, typically, they're a team that goes over uh, and slightly undervalued. It's like 60 percent of the time they're slightly undervalued by the Vegas by Vegas markets. Uh, they are th- their line is 39 and a half. The models projected them at 37 and a half. They're under fade for the model. They're also the last team that we have with a little tank icon for the for the uh, West. Um, they're in an interesting spot, I think. I want to hear your take on it. The Blazers, when Damian Lillard has been healthy over the last few years, they have been a very good offensive team. So last year, train wreck, we can, I mean, we had Lillard, when he, even when he played, he wasn't very good. So the last, before that, the last three years, they were second, third, and fourth, including the glass offensive rating. And the big variable in terms of them being actually good or not was their defense. And so if they were a bottom five defense, then the team wasn't super good. And if the te- if they were a- anything better than that, like the year they made the conference finals, then they were actually pretty competitive. And Portland, to the credit of their front office, now it's Cronin, Cronin who's there, they added some defenders, like they added Jeremy Grant, who has that rep, obviously, from Denver and, I mean, throughout his career, honestly. And then Gary Payton II and Josh Hart, who, who they acquired in midseason for, for CJ. So, like, there, there's an argument for it. But the problem that I've had, and I, so, so the Blazers are going to be the team, we talked about this a fair amount in the East, where I like them meaningfully less than everybody above them. And so, like, could they do it? Yeah. Like, this could be easily be a 543-45 win team. Like, the, the, it's not a hard sales pitch to say they're, like, they're a good offense and that they're, like, a, I don't know, like, the le- a league average defense or something, and they get there. But I like everyone else more than them, so... I, I, think and, both, I, think, I think we're both under, right? Yeah, I'm an under fade with this, because they're also, like... They don't, their depth is weird. Like, so there are guys that I like in their rotation. Like, I, I'm a big Nasir Little fan. I have been since he was in college. But he's not somebody who's going to, like, take on more of the responsibility. And also, like, right now, as much as we talked about how Portland added all these defenders, they're starting a backcourt of Lillard and Simons. And that's very combustible. And if it's Nurkic, hey, that's clean. We- this is a weird team because they're Weird the team. Lillard. Simmons, Jeremy Grant, Gary Payton, and Josh Hart. Where's the size on this team? Yeah, and, and and also like they don't have a backup center. Like they they, they drew Eubanks. I think of very, as a, this is a very small team as the league is starting to move very much into like big men, like big right. big defensive guys. And another underrated factor is the whole take fo- like the whole following uh, chain rule change. How's that gonna play? How's that gonna affect little? This is even built around like like getting fouled on the perimeter, right? And or, di- or diving to the line. And the rules have kind of changed on this. So this is a team that's gonna probably like a little bit like the Lakers got hurt on that last year. Like yeah, I think Portland kind of gets hurt here too. I'm kind of leaning towards playing this because 
Is it more likely that the Portland Trailblazers win 43 games or 32? 40, I'd say 43 because they like the, there's a theory that it works out. Like they have enough good players, their offense could be nice. Like they have they have what's a lot their, of What's their what's their April schedule like? Because I feel like you're going to look at that April schedule and like going to get scared off. Minnesota, Memphis, San Antonio, Clippers, Warriors. Yeah, there's there's one win there, basically. Probably, yeah. And, and also, I didn't mention this, but four of those five games are on the road. Ooh, ooh, jeez. Um, Christ. No, I think I'm under. I'm gonna bet. I'm, I'm under bet. I mean, I, I know why. I think this team. This team has a very, very weird identity and very, very weird personnel. And I don't know that it's gonna work necessarily. And I think. I wouldn't be surprised if this team wind up wind up selling on on Lillard at some point because I it's just this as constructed this team doesn't make too much sense and they kind of tried to stick to what they were doing before and I don't think that's the way like think about the teams that are like like think about Atlanta like, like compare how Atlanta's constructed to how this team is constructed Atlanta's way better than this team right personnel wise yeah right? they are even though I th- even though I think Lillard is probably is is the better player of, of that trade that, mm, that might that might I don't think I. Would say that right now yeah that, that probably switches around that's interesting like it but even then but you start looking at the rest of the players and you're like yeah it's much better so like in, in atlanta we have we went over on what 45 and 6 but i i went under but we were close we were both fades right so. but i mean 39 and a half is a high number for them and i could see why you would fade it but i think that this is a this is a more messy situation than this is kind of the last gasp of the situation um, and as much as as much as I like him as a prospect, Shaden Sharp thirty six to one. I wouldn't bet it for rookie of the year. There are too Just many there are too many guys ahead of him. And then uh, Lillard for MVP. It's no, not this year. I, yeah, I don't. I, don't do it. I mean, especially coming off coming off they're of an injury, win, not, and he's so he's at win. he's at like fifty one fifty one to one. I don't I don't think he's going to get enough there. I also don't think they're going to be good enough. Like that's they're, that's they're the not, other. Like I don't see there any world in which Portland is the top four seed, right? Yeah, which is, kind of would, what, yeah, which is basically a requirement there. And so yeah, and we don't need to talk about their division and all that type of stuff. So instead, we can move out, on out of the tankies. We're going to get into like an interesting yeah. team into, into a team that made a significant trade with the Blazers last year, and that is and the they, new world. That is the New Orleans Pelicans. They, and they also they also might be getting back and a guy who's who's in a, a star level talent. Uh, right, exactly. Right. And so, like the the big question mark for uh, uh, New Orleans is how much Zion are they going to get because. Um, so basically, uh, the way Vegas has it is they won 36 games last year. They projected to 44 and a half. So Vegas kind of thinks they're going to get like a significant, but like more CJ McCollum uh, and healthy Scion. So they they're putting that. Um, well, so so here's here's and what the I'm model gonna is say. at 46. So the model's over fate. But mm-hmm. let me make. I want to make. There's a comment before you before you go. Which go. Is, go. Pelton has Scion Williamson with 1400 minutes. The fantasy sites have him at 2100. I ended up putting at him at 2000 minutes which means about 28 uh, minutes about 72 games but the camp reports are that he came back much leaner and he looks 100 percent. so your upside with this team is right now so right now with an assumption that like you only have partial zion not 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 healthy full season scion you know we've got him anywhere from like 51 to like 41 wins so like about the range where vegas projected if you think that scion i'm kind of bit bullish on zion so i do think it's 
I'm I'm stronger on the over for this team than the model is basically. So, so when I did this with Nate a few weeks ago, I went under on the Pelicans. But the big thing that has changed since then is we've seen Zion. Like we hadn't we hadn't seen him play at that point. It is the biggest variable with the Pelicans this year. They were about a 36 win team, including differential last year. And also, like, it was surprising they because of some of their playoff success, play in and playoff success, they have a reputation as a, like, a defensive team. They were 18th in defense last year. I think that could improve, even with Zion, who is a limited defender most of the time. Let's call it that. This is a good rotation now. It's a good rotation now. It is a deep rotation. And remember, they only had CJ for 26 games in the regular season last year because he got so hurt like- after the trade. Let me, and, let me read this out. Let me read this. Like we got top minutes like Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Valanciunas, Herb Jones, uh, Jackson Hayes, Trey Murphy Jr., Larry Nance, and Zion Williamson. That is a solid. And then Jose Alvarado is actually a good defender. So that is. I just went through like ten good players, right? right? And, and some and some star level players on this team, including a guy who could like be an all league guy, and then a couple guys who were like you know two and three. This is a team that has like some real upside. Yeah, uh, so so to me, this is an overfade. I, I had been an underfade before. This is an overfade now, and I think that there. I think the talent level is there. The theory of the team is there. Makes sense. Yeah, they're you know like, they have plenty. Of, they have plenty of talent. It fits together reasonably well, and. I like Willie Green. He's not necessarily my favorite coach, but I thought he did a good job managing a challenging year last year. And also, they have a lot of young guys who we could expect to see internal improvement. You know, like Herb, like Herb Jones had a good rookie year. Alvarado had a good rookie year. But those guys could take real steps forward. And if Fred Vinson can teach any of them how to shoot, then we start really cooking with gas. I like over bet, but that's not my favorite Pelican. My favorite Pelicans bet is probably them at four to one to win the the, the division. So, okay, uh, so okay, I, so for I, the for I, the for I, the Pels I, for the Pels to win the division, that division includes the Mavs and the Grizzlies. Those are because the yeah, Rockets and Spurs probably aren't going to do it. What what were the division odds? Would you say four to one? Zion Williamson plays seventy games. Yeah, they could Can be. They, yes, they, they could be they in the like, they could be in the high forties, maybe the low fifties. Yeah, that that's yeah, a possibility. Like, and, and, and Dallas is coached by by Jason Kidd, and Memphis has some questions well, around like the health of the Rock. I'm going to give you another one that I would throw. I wouldn't throw a lot of money on it because it's not. It's it, it's more just oh, because Zion MVP. Zion MVP. Yes, thirty to one. I don't think it's this year, but like I mean, it is so important to remember this point. Zion. I've I've said I've said this before. I yeah. would love to be able to bet on top five MVP because if you gave me like Zion at six to one to finish top five in MVP, I am banging the hell out of that. But him coming straight out of nowhere and doing that, you're basically, yeah, you're better off, you're better off taking the number at the division. If you think that Zion's going to top five MVP, just take the four to one at the division. Sure, because yeah. that, it implies like if they're win- if he's top five in MVP, that implies that the Pelicans are top fourteen. Yeah, right. And, and, and so and division, I think four to one. This is like so far is my favorite division bet. Four to one because I, I mean again, I, you're kind of you're kind of like you're gonna have if if he's playing and he's healthy, they're gonna be in the mix. Like, like the Pelicans are gonna be in the mix with the Mavs and the, and the Grizzlies late in the season, right? That's gonna be a dog fight. They'll be in the mix. You'll be able to get out of it. If you need to, but you might it might come down to the last because he's like who like are the Pelicans playing the Mavs and the Grizzlies at last in, in April? I would imagine they are. They like uh, they pl- they play the Grizzlies once. They do not play the Mavs at all. They play so their their April schedule. They're they're home for all but one of these games: Clippers, Kings, Grizzlies, Knicks, Wolves. Ooh ooh. 
there's like three wins there. It's like, and, and then some, some, some teams that might not even be trying. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely feeling the division at four to one. That's, yeah. that's a really interesting. And, time. and I, Tyson Daniels at 40 to one for rookie of the year. I don't think he's going to get the no. touches. I don't think he's going to get the minutes. So I'm, I'm there, not as interested be, there. There's, there's, there, there are not enough balls in the world for him to like get any reps. Like, because like Sion's going to consume a lot of that. So is Brandon. So is this, this is a team that they're not going to have problems scoring the ball. No, and, I mean, I think they're going to have a top, I think they're going to have a top five offense. And again, I like, I like Valentunas. I like, I like a lot. Of, I even like Jackson. Like there's guys that, I mean, Devontae Graham. I like Devontae Graham. He's like, Devontae Graham's like their 11th guy. Like, I, I actually, I should push back. Top five offense might be too rosy. I think they'll have a top ten offense. Top five might be a little bit strong. There are yeah, going to be some I mean, real good offense. Again, if they're again, if like just if you think they're, they're going to be top five, just take that four to one division number. Now, I don't think they're not. They're, they're they don't profile as a team that can win the conference or win the title. No, I, I don't they're think I don't think they have it yet. And and especially you've you've articulated this well in the past. Teams don't come out of nowhere to win the title that often. Usually, they'll have had more playoff. Like, Stuff than this they, they also yeah they they, they just don't they, they're not used to the difference in the play style the how the how the games is whistle how things are fouled their coaches it's just it's just things that don't happen right. generally plenty more to discuss with Arturo Galetti but first a message from Bet Online football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season you will always find the latest football odds team matchup information player news and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And remember to use the code CLNS50 to receive that award. So again, it's a 50% welcome bonus using the code CLNS50 at BetOnline, where the game starts. Um, so now we come to the fun <laughs> part. Uh, and uh, one of the keys, the Lakers. The most uh, the most public team in the, the league. The most with- public team by far. They've gone under eight times out of ten that where it's been paid out. And typically Vegas overrates them by seven wins. You heard me, right? Seven wins. Uh, they're currently, uh, they're under, they're over as 44 and a half. They're over is, sorry, they're under as 45 and a half. The model's projecting them at 39.1. That's an under bet, but I need to qualify this severely. Um, I actually like, I, I was joking that like uh, we know the NBA is back because I'm giving Kevin Pelton crap about uh, putting in LeBron and AD for too many minutes. And what I mean by that is currently uh, Pelton had him at uh, he had them combined for 135 games and I already like I will literally eat my hat if LeBron James and Anthony Davis play 135 games, regular season games this season. I went uh, 62 and 49, which is about uh, basically like 110. So it's different for about 25 games. And that is more in line with what they've actually played over time. There's a lot of fragility on the squad. And I'm... And again, the safest bet on the board is always Lakers under, um, especially on the win total. And I think this particular squad has a lot of wheels that can fall off really quickly. Um, LeBron's also, uh, this is his 8-38 season. Yes. Um, 
And it's Anthony, Anthony Davis. It's Anthony Davis is age twenty nine. Like yeah, he's not Anthony a spring Davis, chicken. And then Anthony Davis continues to play way too heavy. And I say that what I mean is like a guy's his size. If you look at like the guys his size have actually like played a lot of minutes later into their career. Dirk, Kareem, Tim Duncan all basically leaned out and dropped weight and started training more towards flexibility and lightness because the weight is a lot of wear and tear on the joints for guys that tall. And so I think that like that's part of the problem. So I haven't seen any indication that he's done that. And the trend for him has been he just can't stay on the court the more we progress. So given that, it is a very clear under uh, bet for me. Last year, the Lakers had the differential of a 32-win team. LeBron played 56 games. Davis played 40. But the rest of the team was reasonably healthy. They just weren't good. Like, they had weaker talent, and they swapped out some of those guys. They added Patrick Beverly. They added Lonnie Walker, but they lost Monk and THT, not who's, the THT. Who's shooting? Who is, who is making threes on this team? Right. Who's making threes on this team? They still have Russell Westbrook. And, like, I mean, we have the reporting from The Athletic, from Shams and Jovan Buha, that, like, the Lakers are being reluctant, and there are reasons for this. They're being reluctant to trade multiple future firsts to upgrade their talent now. And that's the only way to do it, because you trade Russell Westbrook, and he's a one-year contract, but he's a negative one. Are the Lakers sellers? I think they're a hybrid. I think I think they're more likely buyers than sellers. They don't really have that much to sell. Like unless they're trading LeBron or AD, they're not trading LeBron. Uh, that, 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 you basically hit on my follow-up question. If you're the Lakers, is there a point at which you start entertaining listening to offers for LeBron? Not unless if- not unless he tells you I don't want to be here anymore and he just signed an extension. I don't think I think he I think he now, understands what this team is and you don't trade LeBron without his consent or without start- his enthusiastic approval. Do you start listening to AD offers? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I you, you listen. You listen on AD. You you try to move Russell Westbrook for and a bunch anybody, of reasons. And, and if anybody offers you any, like if you get a trade offer where you don't have to put in uh, any any draft capital for Russell Westbrook, you take it. Um, yeah, de- depending on like so, I there there is this theory on. Like them potentially using cap space next off season, but I think it's harder for them to pull off. But you don't do that to like take on like Doug McDermott, for example. He has I think like fifteen million for the following year. Like you, you don't do that. But like there, Westbrook doesn't really make them that much better. So I think I think you're listening there. But so the point that I was getting at. So the Lakers last year they were a pretty well earned thirty two. And if you want to say LeBron and AD will play a little bit more than that, I would accept it. But this over under. Is basically twelve wins better than last There's, year. Where are these twelve wins coming from? Yeah, and like so, I mean, could Le- could from, LeBron play six, sixty-five? Space? Sure, he could play sixty-five. He could maybe even play seventy. He's not going to play eighty-two. And Davis, he could play fifty. He could maybe even play sixty. But you're not going to see too much more than that. And like, I do think that they're non those outside of those two guys. They're going to be better than last year, but not so much better. Like, yeah, having Schroeder, having Kendrick Nunn. Having Patrick Beverly, that's going to help, but like not that much. So I'm I'm torn. I, I'm definitely an under here. I'm torn between under fade and under play, and I'm going to bet it. Screw it. Yeah, it's just it it, it it just has to. You just keep you just keep you you have to keep writing it. Yeah, um, and it's it's true. Like this could be the year that you're burned by it. Maybe those guys stay healthy, but like the not only the history of the Lakers, but also the history of LeBron teams, as great as they've been in the playoffs, is that they've generally underperformed so, their regular so, season win totals. And also historically, guys who are going into their 38 year season do not magically play 20 percent more games than they have the last three seasons. Same thing with like and guys like Anthony Davis 
who are that size who have problems with their wheels do not also magically recover. Like think like it's it's guys that size unless they change their body type in terms of like what I mean like leaning out, changing their training routine, they're gonna break down more often, not less often, right? So like if objectively this is a team that is more fragile than it was last year, and I'm not crazy about the parts they added. I mean I don't. Dennis Schroeder was not like the the, the Celtics were were glad to see him go. Um, and I like Beverly's fine, but again, the problem is they needed guys who could. Ch- I mean, Juan Toscano Anderson might be the best shooter they had, um, which okay. Um, I, to make it into hypothetical, who, which team has the better record, the Lakers or the Pelicans in the end of the season? Pelicans. Yeah. Which team has the better record at the end of the season, the Lakers or the let's see, the Chicago Bulls? This is a tougher question. Tougher question. I think the Bulls. And if if we're saying the Bulls, who we like the Bulls? We picked the Bulls under at forty two and a half. Yeah. And the Lakers are at forty. Like the Lakers really should be at like thirty eight wins. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe line, I think maybe I think the Lakers are be better than the Bulls, but it's like, close. Let, let's go by this let's go by the historical error so we're saying seven we're saying the historically the vegas line is seven seven wins off for the lakers the line for lakers is 45 wins should the line for lakers be 38 yes 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 it should <laughs> like if the line for the lakers was 38 i'd be thinking about it if it was 37 and a half i'd be like do i go over or do i go under but 44 and a half that is an insane line that is completely an utterly it is it is it is extremely optimistic. Particularly in a division where you're playing with, like, the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Suns. What are we doing? Like, yeah. I mean, they're going to finish with a – well, I mean, we don't know that. Like, they're going to finish with a better record than the Kings, but that's it, right? Uh, and, and I don't think that they're guaranteed to beat the Kings every time. So it's, it's kind of crazy. Um we don't like any of the other uh no i mean so lebron's uh two is it it's 220 or is it 22 to 1 uh 22 to 1 22 to 1 no i mean he's not going to play in enough games he he could play at an mvp level when he's out there that would be yeah but he's not gonna and and, and, no i I don't think he's gonna play enough games there's yeah and i don't Um, think the lakers are gonna be good enough like if if the lakers are this if even if they're a 45 win team he's not winning mvp um okay so the next team is a team that actually like quite like i think they're actually like uh, going to be quite good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Minnesota Timberwolves, they won 46 games last year. Uh, they historically go 30% on the... They go 70% under, and they're typically... Uh, they get uh, three wins too many, but this is the Glenn Taylor Timberwolves. They actually went over last season. I think some of the organizational sync is off this team. This is actually like a better run organization. And I quite like the trade they made. They got went out and got Rudy Gobert. Uh, they're projected to win 48 and a half uh, games. Uh, we have them... The, the uh, the model has them anywhere from. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at the. I, I start going and my, my brain went to the jazz. Uh, we've got them projected for anywhere from 52 and a half to 46. So we are on the over. The model's on the over fade. I'm actually. Uh, I'm actually stronger than the model here. I'm actually an over bet, I believe, for this team. And because uh, I'm, I like, I, I like, I really like the fit. Uh, this is. Probably the best fit team that uh, Rudy's been on. Uh, I don't think that like Timberwolves are not going to use them as I was going to say as stupidly as Quinn Snyder tended to use Rudy, uh, having Cat and having Anthony Edwards next to him. And I do think like this is probably the team with the best wing defenders around them that he's been on outside of like playing for France, right? So I I really do quite like the top of this, and then like the way they've done it, it actually helps. The, somebody like D'Angelo Russell is helped by this because he's got a much more solid defense around. Him. They also like they have Kyle Anderson now, so like I really do like the structure of how this team is built, and I respect how actually kind of 
kind of the window in. So yeah, I'm over and I'm, I'm over bad on this team. I am too. Um, I'll, I'll give a couple of different reasons why. So one is historically speaking, Rudy Gobert teams have defended very well, even if the surrounding defensive talent was weak, including last year's Jazz. The Minnesota Timberwolves have have some good surrounding talent defensively mm-hmm. as well, and last year. The Wolves did very well offensively when Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns were on the floor together. And those lineups had a lot of limited offensive players, including Jared Vanderbilt, who you and I both like, but we don't love him offensively. Rudy Gobert is a better offensive player than Jared Vanderbilt. Neither one of them can shoot. And so like you can do that. So they're also going to have the idea that they'll have some good players on the floor at all times. The one big concern I have is they traded a lot of depth in the Gobert deal, you know, like they lost a lot of guys like Malik Beasley and Patrick Beverly that helped last year. So there is a way that they are a good team when they're healthy this year, but they just aren't quite healthy enough. And so if like, if Ant misses some time, if Carl Anthony Towns, who's dealing with this weird issue right now, that he misses extended time, Gobert's been pretty healthy over his career. So like there is a scenario where there are even you and I who are optimistic on the Wolves that they just aren't healthy enough to get there. But that's not enough for me to fade this or even bet the under, so I'm overplay. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's, it's one of these teams, like, I like their structure, but I agree with you. They they need to, like, one of the things that separates the really great teams from the just good is being able to find talent on the margins. Uh, and they, again, this is, they're obviously switching for organization from Glenn Taylor to a new one. We don't know yet how good they're going to be at filing talent. Although I do like, here's the thing, I like the talent that they put around, like, guys like Kyle Anderson, Jordan Lawson. I really like McDaniel. I mean, like Bryn Forbes, Nasweed, guys like, oh, ex-expert ex, ex, guys, guys who like have been in like playoff team. These are like decent pieces to put around them. So like if you can kind of get a couple, like you got to get these guys who can kind of fill out like the, the Alex Cruz rule, get those guys in and that will ultimately get you that next level because that gives you a lot more flexibility to kind of like rest your guys, load manage and still win those like, you know, the, the third game, the fourth night, that kind of thing. Um. And yeah, I mean that I I get that, but I'm I'm, I'm definitely I, I really like this fit and just you know Rudy Gobert teams get underrated and I do think again like I, I watch a lot of friends and 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 the Jazz use them in a very stupid way, but like having Rudy next to Cat lets Cat play to his strength defensively. And I do think that'll make it so that Rudy's taking more cuts and balls at the top, of like, you know, ball over his head and cuts to the basket as opposed to, like, the back-to-basket stuff because you've got Cat to do that. Uh, then, how, like, how do you yeah. feel about Towns at 60-1 to 1 for MVP? Uh, who? Carl Anthony Towns. Ooh, Carl Anthony Towns at 60. Ooh, that's intriguing. I don't think he's fi- – has he finished in the top five before? I um, don't think – think so i'm not encyclopedic on that i don't think so i'm looking at, i've got the award voting voting open no he's he's never drawn votes so again if i could bet at him to like finish top five i don't so okay is there is there a world where you see minnesota as the one seat in the west a faint world but a world okay is it better than 60 to 1 better than 60 to 1 probably better than 40 to 1 no yeah, they'd have to win like fifty six games or something. Like It'd that. be and, they'd have to be damn. I actually no, and, I'd say and, I'd say it's better. It's better than fifty. I, I don't know. And, yeah, and, 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 and is that world a world where it's Anthony Edwards going out of his mind, or is it a world where it's like like is it? Is it's it probably on, both, honestly. So yeah, there's probably a mix. So I don't love it because one, he's never done the top five thing, and two, if it if they do make it to that, it's probably a combination of factors not just uh not just uh Carl anthony Towns. so i don't love it right like uh yeah no i i i i, I don't I, I get your logic on it but i don't love it what about 
plus 155 to win the Northwest. Basically, like that. they're competing with Denver. Uh, yeah. Definitely have a shot at it. Um, I'm okay with that. I, I, I like. I think I like Denver better off the cuff, but they're close. Denver always gets hurt, so like I'm like I, I, I think we both. I think as I say, we like we like their division odds, but I do not. I do not like their conference odds or their title odds. No, I no, don't, no, no, no. They're not ready for that yet. They're, they're not ready for that. They're they're not they're making the playoffs last year is actually progress. I think they can actually like make a run, but I don't think they there's there's six teams ahead that I like more than them in a playoff situation until right. I kind of see like if Anthony Edwards had like went out of his mind, you could get see you could talk me into them getting to the conference finals, but I don't think they're winning the conference right. Um, <laughs> so division is the way to go. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next team. Um, uh, the yeah. Dallas Mavericks took a bath on Dallas Mavericks last year. Typically, they're about even. Uh, they're typically slightly underrated. Uh, their uh, project, their over under is forty eight and a half. The model is at forty nine point two with them, and it is over on them. And I'm I'm gonna look at them real quick. Um, Dallas, uh, we have them run. Let's see, uh, we have Dallas running from fifty three to forty four. So about like the, that. This is a well set line, I would say. Um, as much as I like the top of the uh, of the Mavericks, uh, I, I love Luca, but I don't love either their coach or kind of the rest of their roster. They're they're, I, they're fairly I, thin. I've turned on Jason Kidd. And I you know turned usually is like positive to a negative, but I mean he did a nice job last year. They defended well. I thought they defended over their talent level. And yeah. Like what's that, that okay, that Sun series where like you read the article on the Suns uh, Mav series where like basically they, they figured out an exploit and just basically dinked the Suns they basically ran at that exploit for the entire series until the Suns dropped dead in that series. Yeah, I mean um, it's 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 impressive. And I and I think that kid like the Mavs defended very well and Luca remember Luca overall in the regular season like he had this brutal beginning to the year and like I think he'll have a better overall season than he did and we'll talk about it it's a one horse team though well it is a one horse team but also like Dinwiddie can can, Dinwiddie can help they have a lot of offensive talent they have a lot of two-way guys with Finney Smith and Bullock and I still really like Maxi Kleba and it's a weird rotation in that they added all these bigs, and I don't really know what the use for them is. Like, I mean, I think JaVale is a good player. I think Christian Wood is a good player. And they didn't add Smalls. But, like, see, here's here's the thing. So, like, I'm what I'm having trouble with here is not – I'm going over. It's whether it's an over bet or an over fade. Well, let me put it this way. If if if, if Luka isn't playing for some reason – and he misses some time generally. If Luka isn't playing, does this – is this team good? I think they're passable. I think their defense is good enough to to have some to have some success against modest teams, and then they lose to good teams. But most teams without their best player would as well. I'm actually under fade on this team is where I'm at because I think this again same logic. This team is fragile, and I don't as much as I I, I do think. Kid did a decent job. I don't like the talent around Luca. This is too much of a thin team. They don't have a lot of ta- talent past the top. Now Luca is transcendent, but they don't have anybody around them. Like, and that is kind of I, I worry that like you know you y- you just need him to be superhuman for you to even you know get in the playoffs. 
right? Um, in the uh, in the in in the West, right? But but he's been durable, and like I mean, remember Dallas had the eighth ranked defense last year, and there there wasn't a ton. There 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 was there was actually sorry to correct that there was luck in their overall profile. There wasn't a ton in their success late in the season. So um, you, went, you went over fade, right? I'm over fade. Yeah, I, and, and I think the reason is like, like wow, you went over fade on the Mavs and and over bet on the Wolves, and it's because Minnesota has multiple paths to success, and I think Dallas I primarily think has. I think Minnesota is going to finish. I easily think Minnesota is going to have a better record than than Dallas. Um, Because they they have, I mean, they have multiple players that can win them a game. They have Gobert, Cat, Anthony Edwards, and even even D'Angelo Russell occasionally. Whereas, like, it's Luka and maybe Tim Hardaway Jr.? Um, okay. Yeah, and, and so Dallas's other odds, it's uh, 1.45 to win the division. I don't love that. There, there are too many kind of other teams in this mix. Um, 12 to 1 to win the West, no. And 20, uh, 27 to 1? To win to win the NBA title, I don't think they're going to do either one of those. Like their best shot at that in the in current vintage was last. They year. can they can get an up they can get a first round upset like if they get the right team. Oh yeah, I could even see them making yeah. the conference finals. I just don't yeah. expect yeah. it. It's just again, not making the conference final again. They made the conference finals yeah. last. Year. But so instead, but, the but most like Luca's so amazing that like when you get him into the series, like he is the best player on the court, even like against these great teams. The problem is they don't have it's the Chris Paul on the on the uh, on the Pelicans where like they just don't have anybody well, else so that that ties in with the question though luca 4.5 to 1 to win mvp so luca has been in the top five luca was oh yeah uh, he was top five last year he was uh six the year before so and, he, sh- and win- he should have been better than that and he and he was fourth in 1920 yeah so are they gonna win enough games they're not even they're not gonna win the division i, I mean well maybe they're gonna win the division like are they gonna win enough games to is my question so yeah I, here's here's the argument in favor of it. Lucas, he's the. Yeah, I mean, the term heliocentrism has come more prominent in the NBA. He is one, now with with Brunson gone, one of the most heliocentric guys in the league. The team should be good. Like for example, if you're comparing him to draft mate Trey Young, another heliocentric offensive yeah. star, they're gonna. I think they're gonna be better than the Hawks are. Well, and, but let, let me let me let me. I think I've said this before. Is that the best price you're going to get Luka, on Luca for MVP? No, I don't think you are. So, like, I, I think I think it'll I be can, better. I at think some at point. some at some point you'll either get it. You'll probably get him at twelve to one. Yeah. So because I, like the, I would, the Mavs will open and, and have a two week or three week stretch where they suck because like he's hurt or he's out, and they'll drop to like five hundred, and because he's out, he'll be like ten or twelve to one. So buy him then. But like right now, that's that's too expensive for the value. Like don't I don't like him at four and a half to one. Yeah. Let's move on to the Memphis Grizzlies, also in the Southwest Division. They won fifty six games last year and had that as a differential. And yes, Jaron Jackson is out at the start of the year. Their over-under is set. If you want to go over it, you can get it at forty eight and a half. If you want to go under, it's at forty nine and a half. This is an over bet for me. Yeah, how did how how are we supposed to think that this team lost what is it seven games off of like the models project them at fifty one and it's it's over bet and I, I I have to agree with it um it the number is too low I mean I just where where are these where are these right like they where, so where are these. Where did this where are these wins go like there's how did they lose these wins yeah like there's a there's an argument that in some ways that they're so. Memphis and Cleveland, both teams that dramatically exceeded our expectations last year. And so a lot of times teams like that take a step back the following year because it was like they they went over their skis a little bit. But 
I disagree with that with the Grizzlies because, in part, they didn't have great injury luck last year. Dylan Brooks missed 50 games. John Morant missed 25 games. They're well-coached. They're extremely they young. With the, they traded punches with the Warriors until right. like they lost like, a bunch of guys. But they like, traded like they were in that series trading punches with them until they lost right. Morant. Well, and, and, I mean, and here's another part of it: like John Morant, age 23 season; Jaron, age 24 or 23 season; Desmond Bain, age 24 season. And Clark? the the only like pr- they don't have any real post prime guys. The only guy who's kind of like in his prime is Stephen Adams, who they just gave an extension to, and he's fine. Like there's nothing wrong. Yeah, I think he, I think he will age relatively well considering. Yeah, we like we like Stephen Adams. He's yeah. a brick wall of muscle, and and. And also the Grizzlies, Good, great defense, great, great defense. defense. They're very well coached, and also like they, as much as I wish they had made some bigger swings, they have they have enough depth. I I do regret that they lost Melton, and I the losing Melton without really getting any, you know, like without getting somebody who can really help them. But they also have guys that can take steps forward. Zaire Williams could take a step forward. Yeah. They, you know, if they get something more from Clark or Tillman, like who guys who I like who they can do opportunity. Like Bain takes a modest step forward after a huge year last year then they're they're really cooking with it so yeah this is it's, it's an overbet for me like i just think the grizzlies are a good team yeah it's like it's one of these like 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 you're getting too cute like like sometimes you have to ask like so where did these seven wins go like it's a young team that fought hard in the playoffs it's well coached it plays good defense so yeah and and jaron like it looks like he's gonna miss yeah, some and, and, time and, and, he's gonna and, miss and, some and, time and, but it but like it's it's probably time. i think it's gonna be more like weeks than months and so like yeah but Morant missed time last year. Yeah, and, and like so, like people have been like, so this team is I, like, like I wouldn't put the line on the Grizzlies at anything at anything below fifty one and a half. Like going forward for like guys, it's just, they're just gonna be around. It's good depth. They drafted well. They have like these pieces. They're so, well yeah. run. Yeah, they're and well and and they're well coached. And they have a star. And we can get to that with the star, uh, John Morant. Actually, at tw- uh, he's a fifteen to one for MVP. Seventh last year for MVP, he was. He wasn't. He, it was his first year on first the first round. Yeah, I mean, he took a huge, took a huge leap forward. That's a part of why he won Most Improved Player. And Morant, like the argument for him, you know, he's in, could be theoretically another one of those heliocentric guys. He's not doing a lot on the defensive end to do it, but the Grizzlies have been good defensively. That's been something that's helped Steph Curry in the past. I think I think it's more likely to be a team success thing than a John Morant. But fifteen to one, especially because. But the thing, the reason I wouldn't bet it is. The way Job plays, I think he's going to miss some time almost every year because he's just he has these yeah. hard falls and it's hard it's hard for him to win it that way. You know, if he's if he's you're maxing out at seventy games and like that's you know that again that's maxing out. We talked about this in the East with Joel Embiid. It's just hard to win an MVP if you're if you're not playing more than like seventy two games. Do we like them at plus money at plus one ten to win the uh, Southwest? I'd rather bet the over. The money's about similar there. Yeah, I'd rather just I, bet the over. I, I, I agree with you that. You can be happy with that. And then, so do you like? Do you like their conference odds? So it's ten to one, and then twenty-four to one to win the title, uh, which would mean under fifty, under fifty percent chance if they make it. That's an interesting bet because you think about who they'd have to go through in the West, including the teams we haven't discussed yet. Ten to one, I. I mean, they did give it, put a charge into the eventual champions last year, and they part of the reason they fell was injury. I think that's reasonable, so I wouldn't throw a lot on it. Yeah, I would. I would. 
probably, if you like that, you might, same, same logic as before. Maybe wait around. It might be at 15-1 at some point. Maybe they start hot again. But because they're missing uh, Jaren. Jaren, then I do think that, like, you might want to wait around and get that at 15, maybe 20-1. Yeah. And then you think they're going to be better. Like, is this a team that's going to be better than the second half? Probably. Like, once they get healthy, yeah. So I would probably not, you don't need to buy that 10-1 to 1 because you can get it cheaper. Well. Right. Um, so I think, yeah. So let's move on to the next, the Denver Nuggets. Um, so Denver Nuggets, uh, they uh, won 48 games last year. It's basically like a walking wounded kind of team. They typically are underrated by Vegas. Uh, they've, they've won, uh, they've won over 80% of the time in the last 10 years. Uh, slightly underrated. It's the home, it's, you know, it's, they play in Denver. So they play mile high. Uh, they're projected, uh, un- over is 49 and a half, under is 51 and a half. The model has them at 49.2 and it's an under fade. It's a pretty well set line. I think the key to this, uh, team is Jamal Murray. Uh, we don't know how much Jamal Murray is. <laughs> Well, uh, so here's here's the stat that I want to use. So I I I'm an overplay. I'm an overbet here, and the reason why is this: the the Nuggets were not perfectly healthy either in 2020 slash 21, but that was the last healthy year for Jamal Murray. They had the differential of a 54 win team. Like this is a really good foundation. They won 48 last year. Jokic was the deserving regular season MVP, and they got nothing from Jamal Murray and very little from Michael Porter Jr. We don't know that they're getting full seasons from both those guys, but they're going to be getting a lot. And I like, I mean, I like the pieces they brought in. I like Deshaun yeah. Holland. I like Jeff. Jeff I, mean, I, I like I like Bruce Brown a lot for them. Yeah, like Bruce you don't Brown, need, you don't Michael need him to be Porter, on ball. KCP, Aaron Gordon. <laughs> I like the pieces. Well, and and Jokic uh, is so insane, particularly now. Like if you give like half Jokic with guards that can do things. That right, actually, and, and I think um, Calvin Booth has done a good job. You know, they did lose Tim Connolly to the Wolves. I, I'm not particularly concerned about that. And so we're both, we're both over. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm a bet. I don't know if you're a bet, bet or a fan. Um, the model's under fade, but I get the logic of going. Um, let me look at I want to, before I do, uh, uh, it's, it's minus money to, to win the division. That's annoying. Um, that is annoying, especially because the Wolves are in this division. We just talked about how good they might would be. Would you rather bet the over or 9-1 to one to win the conference? Over. I don't think they're – I don't believe in them as a playoff team yet they because be because of Jokic. Like, I, I – we like, haven't – what do you mean? Jokic has actually been insane in the playoffs. Yeah, but the defensive foundation, like, because think yeah, about the problem. The problem for Jokic is basically he's like run out of guards in the playoffs. But when he's had guards, he's been like a yeah, menace. But they, but they, like they, a lot of those series where they, you know, made it a long way. They were getting they they were shootouts. And the problem is you're gonna and they did beat you know they did beat the Clippers in the bubble and they deserve immense credit for that. I think I'm, I'm giving Malone a lot more credit now. But that's, you know, like right now, like we're talking about them having the fourth highest win total. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're the fourth best Western Conference playoff team. I'm going to but I'm going to go I'm going to go bet. And I'm I'm really thinking hard about like their conference off at night. Um, so and then hard. then they're 20 to one if on, on the title. So that means they're under 50 if they make the if they make the finals to win it. I agree with that. I think that it, it's a hard fit. Yeah, they, the, um, the finals would be more of a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, let's see, what are they? The, yeah, the Jokic the, 10 to 1 for MVP is probably like, it's. it's what's that, fu- that, what's that, funny that, is. That, if, is, that if, is the wor- that is the best you're going to get those odds, I suspect. Right. I, I, think, I think it's worth throwing some on it, but the problem is voter fatigue. I mean, Jokic, even if you deserve it all three years, winning regular season MVP three years in a row is really hard. Could, they, could, the, could, the, could, the, could the Nuggets be the number one seed in the West? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't expect what, what, it, but it's absolutely they could. And he's definitely going to be the guy who's getting all the uh, sure. Um, 
Uh, I think Jokic tend. I like the over. And I like Jokic tend to one. I like Jokic tend to one. It's fine. He, I mean, he, it's it, the the thing about it. Like I've I've pushed back a lot over the years on the voter fatigue idea, because you know I've covered the league now for about I think it's like thirteen years. It had the only time that I thought voter fatigue actually potentially affected the outcome where a deserving player didn't win it was 2010. And that was a really complicated year because of LeBron like yeah. and, and everything else. And like, there were a lot of other factors in play there, like all the other times. And, and, and that wasn't even necessarily all voter fatigue. It was also like just, you know, weird situation, hard to evaluate, give credit and blame. So like the deserving person has won basically every year. And so like to say that voter fatigue is going to cost somebody who yeah, would otherwise be deserving is it's it's we it's a weak argument to me it's not persuasive at, in the modern time yeah no and i think that like you know uh, he's like when you watch him he's the best player on the court like most of the time say so i mean like that's kind of like the key like when you actually watch the game he's the best player um so yeah uh i would i like Jokic ten, uh, 10 to 1 so do i yeah so i think uh so three more teams are almost done. Um, Golden State Warriors are defending. You're defending world champions, the Golden State Warriors, who are in the middle of like some uh, controversy. Yeah, yeah. we're we're recording they this won. on we're recording this on Friday, shortly after Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole in the face. Something yes. that we know because the video got released to TMZ. If you want to go over, you can get it at 51 and a half. If you want to go under, you can get it at 52 and a half. We do not know if Draymond Green is going to get suspended as we record this podcast. But the Warriors had the differential of a 54-win team last year. And they were not particularly healthy. You know, Clay and Draymond each missed about half the season. Yeah, and then, We're going we're to talk, talk about their health a bit because yeah. there's, a, there's an elephant in the room for the Warriors. And then which, Steph Curry missed 18. Of course, 18 is far fewer than he missed in some other seasons. But Poole, Wiggins, and Looney were largely healthy. The Warriors lost um, Gary Payton II, Otto Porter, replaced them. Anderson. Yes, and and replace them functionally with DiVincenzo, Jermichael Green, and giving more minutes to their young dudes. Yeah, the, the, I would say that the Warriors are worse this year than they were last year's roster. Was. I would say they're worse talent in, talent out. But if we're factoring in injuries, I would say they're in, in similar line because, like, I mean, the part that we forget is that Draymond missed about half the season. And yeah, but I think both Draymond, both Draymond and Clay are getting up there. So there is. Some, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's, your, there's your calibrator, some, your calibrator is so, probably more like sixty, though, not like forty. I would 40. say that they're worse than they were. I, I, so the point is, like, the the models projecting them for. Hold on, let me check this. The models got them under bet right now, and I think uh, I think Kevin Kevin also had them like that. Model has them at forty six wins, um, and has them going under the majority of the time. So this is a roster that doesn't look as good as the roster was last season and I see why the concern there. Um, it's playing a tough conference but the two teams the other two teams in the conference like the Clippers in particular are better. Um I'm under on this team. Like whether or not I'm betting, I'm, I'm on like that 52 and a half is a, such a high number because typically teams who are this age coming off a title win and say this is a this is a clear under bet. Um, like history just tells me that like a team coming off a title win who've lost some key pieces in terms of like the roster and is this old, like this is like the later part of the dynasty. You know, the, the depth isn't as good. Uh, they're adding Wiseman who actually has been a problem when they put him in the rotation. Maybe he's better. Maybe he's not, but he hasn't I, been a great fit. Well, here's, here's the I, thing I though, with Wiseman. If he's not playing well, they don't need him now. Like this, uh, when they had yeah. injuries, they needed you tell him this more. to me, but you, you tell it to Steven, to Steve Kerr, not to me. <laughs> 
Well, so I, I I'm think so. I, I think for me, this is an overfade. Like I'm more confident in the fade than I am the over or the under. That is a very like you. So you think they're going to basically win the same number of games they win? Yeah, they win. I do. I think I think they were better. Like if you if you if you equalize for health, I thought they were like a 56 win team last year. That lo- that lost a couple because some of their best players. I mean, they were one of the league's best defenses early. Had some luck because opponents were missing a, a ton of shots. But they're doing that, and also like there will be some age-related downgrades from their from all their key guys. There also are some good young guys. I think Poole's going to take some steps forward. I think that you know they can Moses Moody and and why. Like, but this is this is a deep. The, one of the big arguments for me, and this is like part of why some of the Warriors under stuff is like, yeah, their best guys are getting older, but like they have a competent like eight to ten man rotation. Like pretty clearly to me with. Uh, I don't. I, I mean, Moses Moody, Dante Vincenzo, Kuminga. I, I, th- I think. I think Divincenzo can play. I, I thought that you know he was a valued player. I mean, he's had a weird <laughs> odyssey okay. of a year and a half, but like I think he's he can play. He's okay, but he's. I mean, like, he was a, he was a starter on a team that eventually like, won a okay, championship. But, the, but, but the, yeah, but the, the but like the the six seven guys on that Warriors team in the finals were a freaking problem. Well, there. I, I think a lot of. I think there's a conflation between them as playoff players and as regular season guys. Like Jordan Poole is an awesome regular season player like yeah teams aren't going to go after him structurally too much in that and like if you're asking DiVincenzo and Moody and Kuminga to be like the eighth ninth guys I think they're fine with that and yeah, Wiseman I, Wiseman's not starting like I mean Kavon Looney probably won't play all 82 games this year like he did last year but he's not they're not leaning on any of those guys do we like their odds to win the division I don't I don't like them two and a half I think no I don't like two, that uh, it's uh, isn't it two? It's basically two to one because it's two point oh five. Two to one, yeah. It's a little bit. Yeah. So that's even worse. Um, I don't love that. However, I think three point three to one to win the West and seven to one to win the title. I actually have the Warriors as the most in my mind as the most likely champion. So seven to one is pretty good. Uh, I like their conference better than the title odds. So I like. Oh, I like interesting. I like the three. I like the three three. I think if. I think this. So let's say that if we were running it back, or if like I, if I'm looking at the top of the East, right? So Bucks, Celtics, or Kevin Durant going out of his mind with the Nets, which I think is the three likely outcomes coming out of the East. I would have all those three teams clearly favor with this this Warriors team, this Warriors, because this isn't that I this I do think this is a more fragile version of that team. The depth's gonna matter. The extra year is gonna matter. <laughs> Clay, you know, and Draymond are both kind of getting up there. I think Curry's still Curry, but it's it, there are some issues. So I would, I would, I like their three point three to win the of all the 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 futures. I like that one probably the best. Uh, I don't like the MVP odds. I don't like anything else. But I think I think three point three is they're a better playoff team than like uh, the Suns and more trustworthy health wise than the Clippers. I don't trust the Clippers health wise, and I think that like you know. Yeah, I mean, and I don't, again, same thing, I don't trust the Nuggets health-wise, and the Grizzlies aren't there, right? I mean, but, I mean, you know, they're the worst. I mean, I think that, like, I do think that this is a year they kind of take a step, because this is what, like, the end of the, people, like, the end of these, like, dynasties, the teams start winning less in the regular season, they still they still win the playoffs. Yeah, and, like, and they know, might and they might not prioritize the regular season. Like, that's yeah, the, they, clearest, they, the clearest reason why I'm a fade here, rather than rather than overplay or they're, anything they're like that. Better, is, they're a much better team when they go top six, but but even the top six is not a solid, or top six seven is not a solid rotation but as well. He, here's, but, it, but, they, but it won't matter. 
matter that much. One other one other bet that I like with the Warriors, Stephen Curry at fourteen to one for MVP. It's you I, you brought you think, a pardon, but like you think, if you think he's gonna play enough? Yeah, I do. I, I think that there's so basically to me the the argument here, like so I think Luca could have a very good year. I think the Warriors I I think the Warriors are gonna have a better record there. Curry is clearly the offensive engine. He's doing all that stuff. They hit mm-hmm. the, the Warriors team defense. And so it's like, does he does he get that credit? Honestly, the Draymond stuff, which will be a long time in the rearview mirror unless they like trade him. That stuff won't matter as much. But it's like, you know, it's his show. So like and but the other part that came up, and this is a, you know, of the top MVP candidates for the coming year. A lot of them are on teams that we don't necessarily expect to be top teams. And so Curry, like he he can, he's obviously won the award before. He's played at that type of level before. He finished, he was eighth last year, but I think there was a point where he would have been closer. He was third two years ago, and I think I had him second. And so like you can, like I, I 14 to 1, I think what you, it's not like the best bet on the board or anything silly like that, but I think you could be a little bit happy with it. I think, um, you know what, whenever we do, I'm not going to take their conference odds because I do think you're going to get, you're going to get better pricing on that. Um, uh, Because I do think that, like, they're, I I think that they're going to, they're going to have places in the season where they struggle. Um, so I would rather wait a bit and maybe get them when they're slightly better priced. I think I do think you're going to have opportunities to get them at, at a better price than like uh, 3.3 to 1 to win the conference. And even like the plus the 7 to 1 to win the, the championship. So I'd, I'd hold off. I think Steph at 14 to 1 is fine. I mean, if it goes off, you're going to – that's that's the decent price. But I, I would hold off on the uh, a conference until you get a better price on Um Clippers. Boy, this is a box of surprises. Um, the Clippers won 42 games last season. They're, the Clippers are well coached, even though like they had like very much upheaval in their um, in, in their organization. Typically, they they go under, uh, even though they're about even on on the air. They're projected at 52 and a half, and the model has them at 48. Um, uh, some of the reasons for them being there, and it has them as an under bet, is that the Clippers rotation is flip a coin in the air. We're not sure. It's kind of like, you know, Kevin has something, the fantasy side has something else. How much is Kawhi going to play? Uh, how much is, so, you know, maybe it's 1,500, maybe it's 1,900. Uh, how much is Paul George going to play? How much is, uh, you know, just, there's a lot of questions about that. The top, top end for the for the Clippers is great, but I don't, you know, I don't necessarily trust, I don't trust the rotation that much. So I'm, 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 I'm like kind of torn with this team. I I do trust their rotation. I think that the Clippers, like, it's a weird one, but they do have a lot of, like, NBA caliber players, and I also trust Ty Lue to kind of figure it out because, like I said, for example, like, getting John Wall, they have John Wall and Reggie Jackson. They should be able to figure that out reasonably well. And Powell and Mann and Kennard and George and Batum and Kawhi, like, they have a lot of dudes. They don't necessarily have a lot of perfect dudes, but that's okay. And the biggest thing... I brought I brought this up on a couple of different pods recently, and I just it's just important to kind of remember this. The last time Kawhi Leonard was healthy, and we don't know how much healthy Kawhi Leonard we're going to get this year. He was year. the best player on the planet. Yes. Not only that, in the last regular season when Kawhi Leonard was healthy, the Clippers had a plus twelve point seven differential when he was on the floor. The year before that, plus twelve point three. The year before that, the Raptors title year, plus eight. So, like, this team, when, any team, when Kawhi Leonard has been on it over the last three years he's been healthy, has destroyed people. 
They have destroyed yeah. people. You know, I'm going to go under fade on this team. I'm, I'm going to go under fade, but we can talk about their their, fu- their other futures odds because I think that's where the value is. Because I don't, I I don't think they care about winning about winning their division. They care about getting everybody healthy into the playoffs. I think, I, I think that's true, but I also think that they're good enough. I'm I'm torn here between overfade and overplay. I'm going to fade it mostly because I don't think they care, and so they'll like. I think they'll show what they need to show. And then they'll they'll move on to other stuff. But yeah, division odds um, two to one. Basically, I would I wouldn't do that for the exact reason we just talked about. But then conference. Do you trust the Suns? No, we, we're getting it. So it's an interesting number two to one. It, it's it's interesting, but like to me, you know, if, you, Pacific, if you, you talk about the Pacific, Pacific being the toughest, but I think that you might win the Pacific with fifty games. You, you might. might, but you if might. but if you all three you, of those teams are like kind of like. They're going to be better in the playoffs. I think they're going to be in the regular season. But to Maybe me, if you believe, if you believe in the Clippers, uh, three point four to one to win the conference, seven to one to win the title. I like both of those. Yeah, um, what's better? Um, I think I think the title odds are better because it's actually less than fifty percent that they win the title if they get to the, if they get there. And if the Clippers are good enough to make it out of the West, they, I have them over fifty percent to win the title. Yeah, so uh, seven. To, I think seven to one is probably the best one. I like yeah. the title odds better than the conference odds. Yeah, and for the exact reasons we talked about, I would not expect Kawhi to win MVP. He's at thirty to one. Yeah, no, I would no. be stunned if he did it. Paul George is at eighty to one. I would be stunned if he did it. Um, so we don't need to focus too much on that. Yeah, if you think if you think they're going to win the division, you might want to like throw some money on on Kawhi to win the uh, MVP. Maybe, Maybe, but I just I think they can do it through an ensemble. Like I think yeah. that's just kind of the the way that they can do it. Uh, so the last team we have to talk about is the Phoenix Suns. Suns. The, Suns the Suns won sixty four games last season. Yeah, and had the differential of a sixty one win team. The roster, as of the time we're recording this, is pretty similar. They did lose JaVale McGee without really replacing him, but they are going to move Jay Crowder at some point, it certainly appears. So functionally, they're without him. Now, I think they'll replace him with a player who is yeah, in their I don't rotation. Think they, they won uh, the lines for them instead of 52.5, and um, the model actually thinks they're a 50. That line is set correctly. It, I mean, it, it feels to me that that line is way too low. Well, um, so, but so here's the roster. It's kind of weird. Um, well, and the the vibes around this team are um, unbelievably terrible. Like, I generally don't care about that too much. I bet on talent. I bet on coaching. I bet on everything else. So, yeah, particularly this, the there is whatever the opposite of immaculate is. That's where things are. And like, there are certain things. Like, I mean, where you just go, oh boy, like this is a potential problem. So normally, I would be an over bet. This would actually be one of my best bets on the board. Instead, I'm going to be an over fade. Because I think there is something here. Um, how much do we trust uh, Chris Paul's health here? Not a ton, but I think they're good enough. Like, I mean, that, that's an underappreciated part about the Suns last year, part of why I picked Monty to win Coach of the Year. Most of their best guys, other than Mikhail Bridges, missed 15 to 20 games. Like, I, I, is it possible that Chris Paul misses more than that? Sure, but I also think it's entirely possible that Devin Booker misses less than that. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm, I'm looking at this and... and yeah, I'm gonna agree with that because like, like Aiton played 58 games last year. Now Aiton might not be on the team the whole year, but Aiton or somebody who is tr- Aiton is traded for probably will be. Yeah, I mean, I just look in and go like, ah, oh, Christ. So yeah, I'm overfaid. I, I mean, I, and I get exactly that. There's there's just risk around this. Um, uh, you know what is, is the the number? Even though I'm overfaid, I th- I like two and a. 
I like them to win the div- their division at two point two five. Because you're that's that's better than betting the over, and the, uh, all three teams at top like every team in that division has question marks. But all three teams at top like it might just like they might go they could win fifty one games and win the division. You're kind of in like, some ways betting against the other two teams as regular season, but you're getting more than two to one payout for it. Right, the payout the payout is like I would rather bet the division odds because it is a better payout, and that is. That is that is basically offsetting the risk of, of the bad vibes. Well, and and, uh, and and here's the thing. While I am a Suns regular season optimist to some extent, I know. No, no, do no, no, not no, bet no, their no, conference no, or title. No, 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 no. And and then Devin I Booker. Like, so I, I think I think we both like the division, right? Yeah, it's fine. I, I don't love it as much as you do, it's, but it's it, it's totally reasonable bet. They're a good price. It's a good price. Yeah, it's we a good price. Like, like, like that is the bet because I do think that this team roster-wise is not – they are not 12 wins worse than they were last season. Buys-wise they are, but that might just mean that they win 52 games. And is 52 games better than like a 40% chance of winning the Pacific? Yeah, I, I kind of think so because I think like the Warriors don't care that much. Uh, the top of like the one – like the one seed in the West might be 52 wins, right? Like if you if you get 52 wins in the West, you might actually be the one seed. It's um, possible. I, th- I think somebody's going to end up at 55. We just don't know who it is. Like, that's my thought. It's going to be between 55 and 57. But Who do you think is more likely to win 55? The Timberwolves, the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Suns? Hmm. That's a question, right? Hmm. Or the Nuggets. I think, weirdly, the, the Timberwolves might be... I might like them because, like, if everybody's healthy on the Timberwolves, I could see them winning 55 games. It's the, it's the Rudy Gobert team wins 55 games thing. It's, yeah, it'd, be, it'd, be pretty, it'd be pretty amazing if it happens again. Um, and... I, yeah, I mean, it's weird. So, okay, so now we've done, we're finished. Question, what's your final? What is my pick for the NBA Finals? Yes. The finals that we haven't gotten to see yet, Warriors-Bucks. I'm thinking Celtics-Clippers. For some reason. I'm fine with that, too. I mean, there's a, I, I mean, Zach Lowe referred to it as the inner circle. Like, there's a group of teams. Like, I think for me, in the East, it's probably the... Bucks and Celtics top tier, and then probably the Nets and maybe the Sixers, the yeah. next one, and then the West Warriors, Clippers, and then a bunch I don't, of teams. I don't, I don't, I don't trust Doc Rivers at all in, in the series. It's like well, in the Phillies, like they're kind of put. They have to put it all together in a way that they haven't yet. Like I don't love. I, they, I don't. They don't have a five man unit that I trust yet. Like that's one of the key elements for me of like a finals team that I truly believe in is that they can put a five-man lineup out there to like close games that I'm like, oh, there's no way that a team similarly good could just exploit it, and I don't think they have that yet. Yeah, I do think that both the Mavs and the Nuggets can just have Jokic or uh, Luka just go completely insane and carry them to the finals. Yeah. Um, we've, because we've, we've seen Luka and Jokic basically just decide, I am winning this series, and we've seen that happen. And I do think, I mean, the trick with, uh, with, Donk, uh, with, uh, with Jokic is that he needs... To if he has some guards like if Jamal Murray's healthy and or Highland kind of takes a step, then yeah, I mean he's a much better position yeah. for him to get there. Uh, Luca yeah. has no help, but that hasn't stopped him before. Um, if I'm looking for a dark horse, the Pelicans are interesting. I think. I th- uh, yeah. If but I don't, so, I don't a, a dark horse not- to win the title. Um, yeah. my dark horse, my weird one like that is actually Cleveland. Like the idea that they, yeah, but they're not. But they're not a team. They, 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 I could see them making the conference. 
conference finals, but yeah. like making the finals. But like, like that they're just that around? they're just they're so the parallel here, and they don't have the playoff history that the Warriors do. Is just that like more like the fourteen fifteen team that's just like they're they're just they're real at the things that we were that we that we thought, and then their floor was just higher. I don't think they're going to do it. I, I'm not saying they're they're going to, but if we're if I'm picking a team outside of like the top eight right now that we think of in the league to win it, it's probably them. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I could see them making. Uh, I mean, the Raptors always. Kind I don't of trust their offense right? enough, but I don't trust their offense enough. Um... I mean, depending on where you have Brooklyn, but I don't. It's a weird. It's a weird year. I don't have a clear favorite. Uh, I, mean, I, I love. I love this year. Like it, we're going to learn so I much would, over would, the course of the year. If the Celtics hadn't had the coaching staff explode, then I would treat them as the clear favorites. I'd still. Oh, do I, I. I mean, for me, the as much as I don't love Grayson Allen and Bobby Portis, like the Bucks are. The Bucks are still a problem that the Celtics haven't totally solved. Yeah, the problem with the Celtics also is that they don't. They haven't. They didn't. Tatum did a little bit of it, but they don't have that one guy to take over things consistently, and they didn't do that. And like Rob is Rob is important and not healthy, so yeah. Wait, so, yeah wait, I wait. mean, like, and, and again, like everything has like kind of a weakness. I said, like, I think the Warriors roster isn't as good. I think the Clippers they put it all together, but they never do. The Suns have the stink of something about them, and the Bucks do have the best player alive in Giannis. Uh, but is that going to be enough, right? I think yeah. that, like, as the other teams have actually come up, I don't trust the Sixers in a series. Uh, the Nets, I don't know what the Nets are. I mean, like, yeah, if, and, and, and the Heat are older, so I'm trying to, like, look of any other, like, can any other team kind of bubble up? No, I mean, the Pelicans are the ones that I could think could kind of jump a level, like, kind of like Timberwolves, if, if Sion's there. But again, I don't, I wouldn't expect them to make too much noise in the playoffs. If, they, if, they, if, if the Pelicans won a first-round series, they would be ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like that would be like that like they've they've exceeded all expectations if they do. Um yeah, I mean that's that's it, it is what it is. Um let's see, do we did we miss anybody for MVP? No. Um, no. No, I mean no. I, I don't think Booker at forty to one is, is worth too much of a mention. Like I yeah. like I like Booker, but that would be a really, really good year for him. And like this is the you and I have talked I have talked about it a couple times during this pod, but if you could pick guy, I think we're going to see some new players in the top five, but I don't think we're going to see a Donovan new player Mitchell, at, at top if one. If I could put Donovan Mitchell top five, that's interesting. It ain't, like if, I, if you gave me like Donovan Mitchell at like uh, what ten to one to make the top five, yeah. So I, I, I think we're going to see at least one, maybe two players in the top five that have never been there before, but neither one of them is going to win it. Yeah, if I had to pick like Tatum's a guy I'm looking at, uh, I'd be looking at like. Um, Zion. Zion's the really interesting one because Zion can make a lot, like, Zion can basically upend a lot of stuff in the West and make it a lot more interesting. I don't, again, it, it's very weird in a situation where I, I really think that there might be, like, two or three teams in the, uh, up to, like, three teams in the East that are, like, like around 60 and 52 might get it done in the West. It's a very weird season. It and is. And then the bottom of the West is going to be, like, really, really bad. <laughs> um, so it is. It, it's like a, it's like the balance is flipped. Like, uh, the polarity is reversed. What are we doing? Um, but yeah, this was fun. Um, this was fun. Um, and I'm glad I got to do a, I hadn't done like a full on model like I have for this one. Uh, and hopefully, like, you know, we keep getting people hired, or like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's not us getting them hired, but like, we pick the right guys who get hired by teams. Yeah, it'll be fun. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It was fun. Thanks again to Arturo Goletti for taking the time to come on, not only for this episode, but also, of course, for the East Over Unders, something I truly love each year. You can follow 
follow him on Twitter at American Numbers, A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-N-U-M-B-E-R-S. And he also does work as the C-R-O of SportsGrid. If you want to support the show, there are a lot of different ways you can do it. You can subscribe, download every episode that's especially useful for this podcast because it's never going to come out on a specific day of the week. So that way you can find it easily when it pops in. You can also help other people find the show through leaving a rating or review in the podcast player of your choosing, Spotify, Apple, really wherever, and or word of mouth, social media, in person, telling people, hey, you'll really like this episode, you like the show in general. Always good to find new people who could potentially enjoy it. We appreciate it so much. And the most important thing for this show and any other that has them is to check out our sponsors. And for this episode, that is Bet Online. Use that CLNS50 promo code to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and to tell them that you came from us. So hopefully they continue advertising on this fair podcast. You can also check out my other work, Dunked on Prime, still going strong. We ju- just adding John Hollinger, which is extremely exciting. And Dan Feldman's doing excellent work with Daily Dunks, both in written slash email and audio form, which is really, really cool. I have written work at The Athletic. And then Nate and I are going to be doing the NBA strategy stream again on League Pass this year. Full schedule isn't out yet. We've been working on it with the NBA. It's extremely exciting. But the first one we can say, which is less than a week away, on Wednesday, what I call League Pass opening night, Nate and I are going to be broadcasting Pelicans Nets, which should be absolutely awesome. The regular season return of Zion Williamson, Ben Simmons debut with the Nets, and a whole lot of other fun, fascinating pieces. And super excited to have that going again this year. And who knows, we might have some other fun stuff in the works. We'll have to, we're we're in the process of figuring all that stuff out. And if you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com is the way to get it to me. If you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. That is a promise. Not always the greatest at replying, but I do read everything basically every day. That is all for now. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. 